0: As you move through San Francisco's Mission District, you see murals everywhere. So much so that sometimes we forget it wasn't always this way. I'm Camilo Garzón. I'm an independent audio producer and oral historian who directed the creation of this audio scene. I spent a year talking to the founding Madres y Padres of the Mission's Muralismo, the Mission Mural Movement. Starting in the 1970s, through changes in the neighborhood and changes in the headlines, these murals have reflected the times, reflected resistance, reflected their community. These muralists will guide you through this neighborhood, its cultural history and its living artistic legacy. Before we begin, though, we must acknowledge that these stories, along with the memories they contain, were recorded on unceded Ramaytush and Chochenyo Ohlone land, due to linguistic and cultural imperialism they are told in english and in spanish our audio narrators and myself also speak in spanglish the language of the mission even the name the mission la misión comes from spanish colonization and religious imperialism
1: holding space inside a colonized place Híjole, mi gente, it has definitely come to this. We did not cross the nouveau neighborhood that is becoming the mission. Nah, the nouveau neighborhood that is becoming the mission crossed us. Without a doubt, mi gente, we are surrounded. Unconquered, but undoubtedly occupied. Holding space inside a colonized place. Nowadays, we come to neighborhood funerals, not funerals that happen in the neighborhood, but funerals for the neighborhood. Across the room, a local poet who was asked to read tonight begins his first piece. It's about holding space inside a colonized
0: place. Come with us through the neighborhood. Our journey begins on Balmy Alley, sun shining through Bucan Villas. La Misión is always sunny, and murals, old and new, all around us.
1: ¿Qué onda, familia? My name is Josiah Luis Alderete. I'm a full blooded Spanglish speaking Pocho who has been bred and spread through La Mision over the years. I, along with one of my uh, storytelling comrades, Olivia, is going to be taking you on a tour of our beloved neighborhood. We're going to be looking at Los Murales today.
2: Hola, my name is Olivia Pena. I am a writer and storyteller, the daughter of unapologetic black women salvadoran emigrantes in la mission okay
1: let's get down to it let's get on that 14 bus ride it all the way to 24th admission get off and walk down la 24 check this out
3: my name is nancy pili hernandez i am from the bay area in california well, I would say the mission has been a historically Irish and Latino community, and it has been a historically working class community. I feel like this neighborhood has been a sanctuary for immigrants coming into San Francisco and um, that we have found a way to represent our stories on the murals in the alleys and the streets to reflect uh, who we are as a, as a uh, indigenous community that has had to travel outside of our um, homelands.
1: Mira up on our neighborhood walls, los murales.
4: Yo me llamo Consuelo Méndez y nací aquí en Caracas el 26 de abril de 1952. Imagínate, para mí la misión fue fue como mi lugar en San Francisco, mi sitio donde yo me sentía más como
5: pez en el agua, Artist Consuelo Méndez is saying Imagine this. The mission for me was my place in San Francisco. It felt natural like a fish in water, and I was meant to be there.
1: Our memorias, our momentos, our cuentos, our sueños, our historia, our galeria, our colores, our dolores, painted like flores or planted for future generations to see and learn from. A working-class neighborhood housing an artistic legacy whose roots go deep down into the city's concrete, whose streets can be seen from outer space because of Los murales.
2: To walk down Balmy Alley is to be surrounded by color, the vibrancy of hues of brown of gente, the crimson reds of resilience, the orange and yellows of overcoming, rejoicing as a community. Balmy Alley contains a myriad of murals and styles and has been a form of expression for muralists since the 80s. How did such a space come about?
6: My name is Mia Calaviz de Gonzalez and I'm a native San Franciscan. I'm a second generation San Franciscan. I used to work with uh, an oil company and it wasn't really for me, I realized. So I came to did community work and I was able to separate and be- develop 24th Street Place. And that became an after school and summer program for children being misdiagnosed with learning disabilities. So that's when I saw Balmy Alley. It was beckoning me, you know. Our kids, many of our children came from the um, projects on the other side of Garfield Park. Uh, and it was a hard, hard place for them. So when they would come to us on 24th Street, they used Balmy Alley as their thoroughway, as their free space. But Balmy Alley was kind of a, was a mess. You know, it was a real mess. The whole goal of that was to make it a place of safety and a place for families to walk up and down. Much like that experience I had in Mexico where I saw the plaza was a safe place for families to to accommodate, to meet, and to be.
2: These days, when I walk down the alley, I see tourists with giant cameras strapped to their chests, their surprised looks when they begin to see that each mural is beautiful, yes, but they are so much more. They are fists of resilience, protests for our brown bodies, stories of our community and gente, and they have been thanks to the efforts of MIA and countless others.
1: Niños y niñas needing a creative space, a safe place, transformed Balmy Alley, done for the pueblo, created for the gente.
3: My name is Fanalicia Alicia and I'm a muralist, painter, sculptor, printmaker, and illustrator. So let me say that the La Llorona Sacred Waters mural, Las Aguas Sagradas de La Llorona, was the daughter of Las Lechugueras, the women lettuce workers, which was the first mural that I painted at that same site. When I couldn't get money to restore that mural from the city, I exploited the fact that I had first rights to destroy the mural and paint a new piece in its place. Something I didn't really want to do, but it was better than letting the mural degrade and not replacing it.
1: What Juan Alicia does here is so beautifully profundo. The decision to remove her own mural, her own creation from La Misión's landscape and replace it with new creation that builds on the narration of who and what we are, what we struggle for. La Llorona created with Las Lechujeras as its foundation. The idea that underneath La Llorona is another layer of art, of teaching, another part of who we are really does transform this corner of La Misión into a sagrado space.
3: Todos me dicen el negro, llorona, negro pero cariñoso. Todos me dicen el negro... So, the Las Lechugeras mural was really about environmental justice, the pesticides, the impact on the unborn, the exploitation of workers in the fields in California. It's an homage to the workers of California.
2: Um, I love that. The Underneath La Llorona is another layer of art. It really makes me think about all of the murals that were painted over with maybe nothing that came afterwards and how that art is still embedded in the structure. You know, I'm thinking about my dad's house where, you know, on 25th and York, where they used to practice their murals. Um, he would have ladies come up and say, can I can I can I make something on the front of your house? And he would let them. And now when I go back, obviously it's all painted over. But the idea that there was once murals there is so powerful. So
1: no, we're, they're they're still there. They're still there. I mean, you walk by and, and there, there something pulls you. You know, on the and then blank walls or those whitewashed walls, those white 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 wash walls. Yeah, they're still there.
7: They're still there.
3: The importance of putting La Llorona Sacred Waters on the corner of York and 24th in that neighborhood is multiple, right? First of all, it's a neighborhood that I I love. Um, It's where people were being evicted rapidly. Um, Again, it's like an anchor. It's like a cultural anchor. It's like a... uh, holding on to sacred space in a neighborhood that I could no longer afford to live in.
4: Yo soy como el chile
3: verde, llorona picante pero sabroso. Yo soy como el chile verde, llorona picante pero sabroso.
2: I can only describe La Mission back then as pure music, like songs of our people radiating through the streets, echoing through the windows of our packed houses. Now La Mission is a hum, whistling with what melody we still have, the song we are desperately trying to sing. That's what makes murals like La Llorona's sacred water so important to our community. They are anchors, they are cultural flowerings, they are resistance, reminders that we are still here. The song of La Mision is still here. And I think even to this day, you know, it just, it sort of holds
3: out a space. The mural movement, the Chicano mural movement has really been about creating a geography, a cultural geography, in places where we could not afford to own the property, but we could take the the visual life into our own hands and combat the oppressive presence of other visual messages like billboards and like commercialism and other intangibles.
4: My name is uh, Susan Kelk Cervantes. I was riding my bicycle. And I was going down 24th Street and I saw a new mural going up on the corner of York and 24th Street. And I saw this woman bent down over the painting while I was um, painting the Leslie Chuberas
3: mural. And so I rode up to her. I was, I guess, standing at ground level when she rolled up on her bicycle, decorated with flowers, um,
4: and introduced herself to me. I said, hi, I'm I'm Susan, who are you? And she introduced herself, and she's Juan Alicia.
3: And, you know, as a muralist, as an artist, and we just hit it off. Um, It was a wonderful encounter. That was 1983. And then shortly thereafter, we ended up uh, working together on Balmiali. Uh, Not on the same murals, but in the same project. And then um, we did the murals on the Cesar
4: Chavez Elementary School. Uh, We worked on the uh, Mission Playground murals together. There were two murals there. Um, so we've had a long trajectory of collaboration. And um, yeah, we just boss each other around, basically. It's like we were almost like married. <laughs> you know, she always, said, she always thinks of us as being, being married. Yeah. This is, she always introduces me as her wife or something like that, um, which is funny. <laughs> she
3: was in a biracial marriage, has biracial children. And has served the Latinx community um, as a servant um, for many, many years. And I respect that a lot. She's been an amazing um, cultural contributor to the life of the mission, to training young people. She's also a teacher, administrator, um, and we both like run programs. So we, we have a, a lot of shared skill sets
4: And um, we just love each other, you know. So we've just shared a lot of our, you know, life experiences with each other over the years and respect each other a lot.
1: Híjole, man, híjole. The impact on la misión of these two maestras' meeting cannot be overstated. Their collaborations have transformed our neighborhood views and informed us of our connections to so many things in our shared Latinx cultures.
2: La Misión. It was a sidewalk funeral. Golden bottles of cerveza stood like glorified guests around the pile of weeds in the center heaps of vibrant wild plants that grew in between cracks on sidewalks and every place beauty shouldn't be all came together as a bouquet for her and every now and then a man who knew nothing of the tragedy would marvel at the display or sit pop open a bottle and drink us empty happy for the free booze it was only we who knew her, that could make out the cross, barbed wire looped together from a fence engulfed in the weeds. Only we, who knew her as kids, who played beneath her watchful eye until fog or streetlights forced us inside. Only we whispered her name as we dropped anything we had to pay our respects. The ladies from the panadería dropped their end-of-day hardened conchas, the abuelas their virgin candles. Everyone left a piece of themselves for her. I walked by with my favorite lipstick, and instead of laying it down, I wrote until the crimson stick was a nub. Here lies the spirit of us all, and two hooded homeless men nodded in unison. One didn't even have teeth left in this world. She'll be missed, the skeleton said, signing the cross backwards as more homeless started to gather. Whether they had known her or just knew what it was like to lose, it didn't matter. We embraced them like our own. Soon, the sky was a dusty dark cloud and fog made our ears ache. There were only a few of us left. The virgin candles were a mere flash of light illuminating our shadowed bodies i looked around and realized there were no children at least none like us our brown faces like those faded murals that even without her remained childhood beat proud in our chest our dearly departed was in our memory we shared stories of youth stories of etching our names in sidewalks in front of our abuela's houses of dancing in the street at block parties, of that one kid from down the block with the community Nintendo 64, of front doors that stayed open, of every memory that was ours. We laughed, cried, and laughed until the song rattled through all the houses where we once lived. I cleared my throat. Someone should say a few final words. It was getting late. Soon the street would be as quiet as it was before we all returned. Before I could speak, a man raised his 40 to the sky and poured until the gold fountain splashed and sizzled all the candles out. I couldn't have said it better myself. It was over. She was gone. I came back the next day, and where there had been bottles, there were just a few shards of glass. The wildflowers were all stomped out, pushed back between cracks of cement where they belonged. All that remained were three lines, written so big on the cement she'd surely be able to see it wherever she was now first in broken graffiti spray painted in giant loopy letters then written in crimson red lipstick like blood so even they couldn't touch it here lies the mission the spirit of us all the mission forever la mission mi corazón
1: God the, uh... It's just a beautiful ofrenda the idea that you turn this ofrenda into a poem or maybe the poem was an ofrenda i don't know it's it's just it's a beautiful thing the funny thing is you know when i first when i first heard this poem i didn't realize um it doesn't make it any less tragic. I thought for some reason that it, the, uh, I thought it was for someone who had passed. It didn't hit me till halfway through reading it that it was our neighborhood. Thank you for remembering.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. I think that just speaks to kind of the sadness of the mission and, and what it's become and how much I miss how it was when I was a little girl. And that's I think that's why it feels like a death of a person because it's, it's essentially like a death of a place.
1: a Zapatista mural that was recreated in Kerouac Alley, not not in the Mission, but it's, um, and there's a phrase written in the mural that says, uh, a a people with memory is a rebel people, you know, and and I feel like the artists in the Mission, the mural makers, the poets, their art really uh, exemplifies that phrase and, 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 you know, gives us our memory, you know, it's just, I mean, we need to do that because these these folks ain't going to do it for us. You know, they're not going to, if anything, they want us to forget.
2: Yeah, something, something I'm brought back to a lot is just in terms of being a writer, and I'm sure you've been asked this question as well, like, why do you write? Which is such a broad question. And yet I find that the only answer that feels right for me is it's, I write for the community, like by the community for the community. Yeah. So, as long as folks like me see themselves represented, whether that's from La Misión, whether that's from, you know, being a Black Latina woman, then that's what matters to me and I think so much of what you're saying is like this is for the community and this is a remembrance and this is somewhere for us to put the words so that they're not forgotten.
0: Here Patricia Rodriguez and Irene Perez share a short story about the origins of the Mujeres Moralistas and read an excerpt from their manifesto.
8: I lived in Balmy and I had a basement. And so we got together at my house. And so when, it, when we were settled with what it looked like, that it had uh, balance and it had depth and it had enough of uh, the culture so that people who saw it would see it, um, would understand it. And uh, so we said, okay, we're ready. It was a big plaque like this of cardboard. So what I did was I took a knife and cut it in fours. And I said, which one do you want to paint? (laughs) And it worked out really well. Everybody was happy and people would come over, we were dressed in and. Men's shoes and hats, and people would come and stare at us all day. And then when we got down and heard, they heard us talk, and then we were wearing lipstick, they said, oh, We thought you were men. <laughs> and we said, Oh, well, you should have just asked us. <laughs> well, why are you women up there? Because we want to be, and we're artists. But why women? And I said, Why not? We are women who are working together. All the work that you see before your eyes was done collectively. We feel this work is really important because it takes us beyond the level of individualism. The works of art no longer belong to the artist. They cannot be kept in private collections, nor can they be sold in galleries. The walls belong to no one they are there for the community and to the side of everyone.
0: Irene Pérez continues.
8: A lot of people
5: have told us that our work is pretty colorful but it is not political enough. They ask us why we don't represent the starvation and the death and the going on in Latin America or even in the oppression of women. Our interest as artists is to put art close to where it needs to be close to children, close to the old people, who often wander the streets alone, close to everyone who has to walk or ride the buses to get to places. We want our art either out in the streets or in the places where a lot of people go every day. The hospitals, the health centers, clinics, restaurants and other public images and colors of our people. We feel that it's important that the atmosphere of the world is surrounded with life. We offer you colors we make.
2: The idea of them coming and bringing anything they had, the brushes, the paint, I, I love that so much. I think that's really a collaboration by more than just the folks working on it. It's a collaboration of the whole community.
1: What the maestras were doing here is profound on so many levels. The beauty of collective creation, the democratizing of the artistic process. When you look at the Latino America mural, it's all there. You got the different culturas all represented,
2: and the and the power of having the indigenous and the you know Afro Latinx representation at the time is so powerful. Um, I'm just thinking of like, you know, myself just and how I identify, you know, being you know, black, Latina, and to be able to see that now would be great.
1: Also, not only did the maestras expand the themes of what the male muralists were working on, but by bringing in these themes of el pueblo, of familia, of place, of safety, into the creation of their murals, it helped people expand their perceptions of what Latino art, and specifically murals, were. The Maestra piece, a collaborative creation that is la mera mera of la mission murals. A creation of colores, a celebration of the divino femenina, teacher, destroyer, creator, diosa, abuela, madre, hermana, hija, reina. When we look at the Maestra piece, we see all of these things and are reminded where we come from.
0: Here is Juan Alicia reflecting on the Maestra Piz mural.
3: So I have to say that one of the most amazing experiences of my life as a painter and artist ever was doing the mural on the San Francisco Women's Building with my sisters in paint doing the Maestra Peace mural. And um, that collaboration was the result of a call for artists. It was an arranged marriage. But quickly we realized getting together that we had over 100 years of mural painting experience among the seven of us. We got we just realized this is a big project. We need the whole building. And uh, there were over 100 women that volunteered on that project. And it was it was completely overwhelming the community support that we got the love that we were shown by the community while we were creating it and that participated in it. I think the first collaborative experience that was sort of like my first out of body experience where I realized I wasn't as constrained by the forces of sexism in the art world, but the sisterhood of the Maestra mural uh, stands out as one of the most affirming projects that I've ever experienced.
5: Um, my full name is Irene uh, Perez. We all came with uh, images and drawings. Uh, we did have a theme that the women's building community wanted to see in the mural. So it was very easy just to um, to flow with the images and to collaborate and to put it together in some sort of uh, amazing uh, composition that works uh, with so many women involved in the actual design, designing of it. And that was the first time I've worked with six other women, which is uh, Miranda Bergman, um, Susan Cervantes, Juana Alicia, Edith Boom, um, Yvonne Littleton, and Mira Dice. I mean, it's the first time i met them. Uh, But it was so natural, it was so at at ease.
4: And uh, we did workshops amongst ourselves, uh, mural workshops of course, to come and design and plan this mural. So it took us a couple of months to finally get it all together. Um, And we presented a full color rendering to the uh, Women's Building Board and they were blown away. But they said, well, how are we gonna fund this? You know, so they had to do more fundraising because they really liked it. But uh, we became really, really close to each other. And we were meeting, uh, well, then we were probably meeting every week, but after the mural was done, we were meeting every every month. Uh, and we still do. We meet every month and ch- check in with each other mainly to check in on our lives now. So it this just wonderful, wonderful process.
1: then midnight rooftop sessions at Mi Hermano's Casa near Valencia in 18th. Back when Valencia Street was nothing but long stretches of appliance stores, leather tongue video, and the chameleon bar. I can remember looking out over the rooftops of La Misión and seeing the top of the Maestra piece in the distance. In the still of the noche, the vibrancy of that mural the life and an here that emulated from it actually made me think at times that it was moving, that it was coming to life, that it was going to break off the walls of the woman's building and take a midnight stroll through the streets of La Misión.
2: It looks like the mural has become the building and the building has become the mural. Like it was meant for that building, like that woman was meant to be on that building. It's like she's standing so tall. Just every piece of her is like flowing out into the, like I said, the, the stretches of the walls, the, every corner of it, and pouring out onto the street. It's beautiful.
4: My name is uh, Susan Kelk Cervantes. I love putting paint together. I love putting palettes together. We have paint stations with about 30 colors, uh, warm, cool earth colors. And I don't know how many we made for the women's building, but we had to make at least uh, two or three per level, maybe a dozen stations. Lots and lots of paint that had to be prepared and uh, ready to uh, take up to the scaffolding brushes and uh, you know, having all the materials makes the work a lot more efficient. So if everybody has what they need from the very get go, you can have fun, you're gonna enjoy it. Um, and that's, that's the whole purpose of it is to bring things together so that um, people can enjoy the work that they have a passion for. And then we have drawings that we show people on site, we have the narrative so people can understand what we're doing. I just think it makes it a lot easier for everybody. The mural movement itself, I mean, it started with nothing. It's a people's art, you know, and because we made it accessible to everyone, we were, you know, very connected to our community in the neighborhood.
1: And as San Francisco grows mass and mass exclusive, will there eventually be a time when the walls that the murales are painted on no longer belong to us? no longer represent us. As we move and are pushed into this high-tech future in La Bahia we have to ask, does a mural need a wall?
0: Here's artist John J. Leaños discussing the fluidity of contemporary muralism.
7: I... I had my training as an artist through the Galería de la Raza, um, kind of growing up in the 24th uh, Street. And, and I grew up in L.A., but came here for my formative years and been here most of my life. But I know uh, and have seen the ins and outs of, you know, gentrified arts, uh, Latinx arts communities as we are. And I think that, you know, uh, with my... thinking about digital murals, it was always about that. It's like, how do we uh, kind of speak to the wide range of issues that our communities are facing, right? Um, Locally and internationally. At the same time, I think that Digital mural making uh, I, and and painting they go hand in hand because there's like projections of images right um, that that are that are digitally kind of constructed it's the same it's the same process I think in in a very kind of different method there is a, a perception um, that painting is more um, I guess uh, valued I think it's kind of a, a narrative that comes up. Um, Uh, What I see in it is the same, uh, the construction of images um, to tell stories and and communicate, you know, a wide range of ideas um, in public space. Part of this kind of a tradition of Chicanismo, of Mexican muralismo, of, you know, teaching uh, history in, in the public spaces and putting it on the wall. I designed this, you know, project uh, with the Horace Mann Middle School students, um, and the idea was like that, that during the kind of the, high, the rise of high tech um, and um, kind of yuppified culture and hipster culture, uh, the question was like, where do these young people fit within um, the, uh, the city, right? And, um, and are they visible? Are they invisible? And so I gave them cameras and, and they would br- bring them home in um, each week and I would uh, give them an assignment to you know, document your, your home one day or your shelter, um, document your friends the next week and then document your, your, uh, your, your neighborhood. Um, and so they took kind of these self-portraits um, of themselves and they, they decided they did these digital work to map themselves.
1: It's a strange contradiction, Kenon. how sometimes the things that erase us are also the things that we use to help us survive, to evolve and thrive. That same tech that has commodified our neighborhoods and displaces us is also the tech that John uses to help the students see themselves and see their community. A true testament of our resilience, of our ability to adapt to these Our cultura learns and uses the tools of the oppressor to keep our murales alive. Aquí estamos y no nos vamos. The Galería de la Raza Blues, dedicated to the Galería de la Raza. I got the Galería de la Raza Blues. I said I got the Galería de la Raza Blues, man. I remember cuando el Dia de los Muertos procession was not a pinche DJ block party with margarita tube drinks and techies still wearing their Austin Powers and sexy maid costumes because they think this is a Mexican Halloween. I got the Galería de la Raza Blues, man. I remember being handed Xerox broadsheets of poems by Swan the Pigeon Man in the afternoons in the old Dolores Park. I remember the poet Jack Micheline's painted room in the back of Abandoned Planet Books. I remember Cafe Macondo. I remember Cafe Babar, Balazo Gallery, La Casa de Libros. And I remember these things so that I can remember my neighborhood but also so that I do not forget you, San Francisco. So that I don't get lost in the forest of reclaimed wood that is lining your cafe's insides and dot .com outside, San Francisco. I remember this so that I can get out of the way of the Ubers and Lyfts and Google buses that are not driving me anywhere that is a real part of you, San Francisco. La Pudaneta is that I'm tired of reminiscing about the places where mi cultura and neighborhood used to be. I'm tired of you becoming memorias and the gone views that we conjure and describe to people that have never been here and ask, what is San Francisco really like? I got the Galeria de la Raza Blues. I said I got the Galeria de la Raza Blues.
2: Wow, that was incredible. I love that so much because I feel like to keep the memories of La Mission alive, we need those poems. And that could be poems like the ones you just read or the poetry of art, the poetry of the murals. We're the ones keeping that all alive. We have those memories, we can recall them, we can share them.
1: What are words that stand out to you when thinking about the mission murals? What does the mission mean to the community that inhabits this space?
8: Para latinos, no. Es la misión de los latinos. Hay todo el tiempo aquí hay gente latina en la misión. Lo mejor de lo mejor, porque aquí donde está el pueblo
3: hispano, estamos mezclados hispanos, morenos, gringos. Es
6: lo
2: mejor, la mejor
6: área.
0: Uh, la misión para mí es, es mi casa, se ha convertido en mi casa. Eh, me encanta que es un lugar con tanta historia, con tanto arte en las calles, con tanta originalidad.
6: And uh, my uh, best friend and I spend a lot of time in San Francisco. And the murals are just something so cultural. They depict the culture of the city, uh, all races and all cultures,
8: and uh, I'm just in love with them. I heard about the murals, and I just had to come and see them, and I've just reached Balmy Alley, and I'm overwhelmed. They're incredibly beautiful, very moving, um, very poignant, and and very inspirational.
5: Para mí, la misión significa una parte de mi ciudad de San Francisco en donde me siento lo más reconocida y apreciada por ser Chicana, mujer, y Latina.
2: Josiah, what is the mission to you?
1: Well, a lot of people would probably answer that question and just say that La Mision is a neighborhood, but La Mision is so much more. I mean, it's sanctuary, it's our roots, it's where we come back to, it's our pueblo. It's a, La Mision is a state of mind.
2: It, it really is. It's home. It's, it's what I always returned to where I felt as a child the most seen and the most safe, it feels, again, like it's just, it's music to me. I always, I can hear the, the voice of the people, the voice of, you know, my family, all of the, you know, my family that was immigrated here, how they felt like this was the one place that they found a home. So for me, it just, it still feels like home.
1: The Mission Murals Projects Audio Zine Volume One was a collaborative effort, like murals also are.
2: It was narrated and co-written by Olivia Pena
1: and Josiah Luis Alderete.
2: Excerpts of my short story, La Mission, were published on Hobart Pulp in June, 2021.
1: Stanzas from my poems were published in my collection, Baby Asholot Pochos, published by Black Freighter Press in April, 2021.
2: Sound design, scoring, music, and production was done by Santino Tino Gonzalez.
1: With additional music and scoring by Cristo Oropesa.
2: Production assistance by Natalia De La Rosa.
1: Executive produced by
2: Erica Gengzi. And Maisa Plunk Graham. And it was directed, produced, edited, sound designed, and co-written by
0: Camilo Garzón. Some of the excerpts, oral histories, and interviews that you heard here were also conducted by Javier Briones and
3: Stephanie Garces.
0: Thank you also to Gustavo Vera who helped us record the sound of the interview and oral history with artist Consuelo Mendez from Caracas, Venezuela.
1: The Mission Murals project was organized by the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art and funded by the Institute for Museum and Library Services.
2: Thanks for listening.
1: Gracias for listening.
0: Hi, it's, it's me again, Camilo. One more secret surprise for you all. We're going to get a little bit meta here at the end because doing all of these oral histories, I, I had a lot of thoughts about the connections between moralismo and oral history traditions, if you allow me, the most ancient forms of human expression. By that I mean, rupestrian art, cave paintings, but also escuchar una historia en una fogata, to listen to stories around the fire. I talked with muralists, Daniel Galvez, about it. I like to always say that muralists were the first artists creating art, you know. The cave paintings, dude, just, I mean, just a paint on a palm and or whether scratching it with a stone or rock. We were creating the first public art, out of all the genres of, 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 uh, of, of art making. And so I always feel, par- I'm proud of that tradition of being the earliest of um, cave painters from long ago. And then we're also doing the other one, which is just talking to each other, the storytelling, just yeah. oral yeah. stories. Both of those things are yeah. still in the fabric of who we are. Yeah, they leave stories behind for people to see, correct. With that, we humbly leave this story behind for you. Thank you, gracias, and see you around in La Mision, which remember is not only a neighborhood, but a state of mind.